Hello and welcome. Thank you for stopping by. It is Thanksgiving Eve and I know you guys are busy cooking for Thanksgiving dinner. I just wanted to stop by to talk to you a little bit about snoring. Um, you know how the family gathers together and we start talking about the old times, which leads to the now times, which leads to someone sleeping and then they begin to snore. So I figure um, I'd come by and talk to you about why the uncle, auntie, cousin, or friend falls asleep in the middle of a conversation and starts snoring. So tonight's topic is about snoring. What causes snoring is a question that can be answered multiple ways. From an anatomical standpoint, snoring is caused by a partially closed upper airway, the nose and the throat. Everyone's neck muscles relax during sleep, but sometimes they relax too much that the upper airway partially closes and becomes too narrow for enough air to travel through to the lungs. When this happens, it means that a person isn't taking in enough oxygen for the body to perform its important functions. The brain then sends a signal to the body to wake up to get the oxygen it needs, likely resulting in a person waking up throughout the night without realizing or jumping or you know how when someone sleep on the couch and they'll jump or sleep in the bed and they snore so loud that it it actually wakes them up that is the brain sending a signal to the body to wake you up to let you know that you are not getting enough oxygen just in case you think you don't snore or you think you're not being partially blocked but you find yourself jumping in your sleep to wake yourself up that is your brain telling you you're not getting enough oxygen wake up to get some okay so now we're going to talk about why do some people snore and others don't some people have enlarged tonsils and the enlarged um and an enlarged tongue so um that excess weight around the neck um it makes you more prone to snoring um, the structural reasons like the shape of your nose or your jaw can cause snoring. Um, snoring itself is a result of the narrowing of a person's airway. So if you snore, your airway is narrow. You, you're not getting enough air into your lungs to help your brain basically function properly. Um, so when you snore, the sound itself, um, it um, causes the throat, actually it comes from the throat vibrating, which causes that snoring noise, okay? So um, no matter what the reason are, um, it's not normal. Um, it's, it's normally known or it's common, but it's not normal, okay, whether we realize that or not. And um, snoring and what they call sleep apnea. Apnea is, um, uh, snoring causes sleep apnea, excuse me. Apnea is not breathing, uh, okay? So uh, snoring and sleep apnea are linked um, at an alarming rate. I think they said something like one in three men and um, have this issue and one in five women 
um, who are habitual snores suffer from some degree of obstructive sleep apnea. And obstructive sleep apnea is is exactly what it sounds like. It is your airway being blocked um, and you're not getting enough air. So the sleep apnea prevents you from getting healthy sleep, um, which leads to other health conditions like type 2 diabetes, obesity, heart failure, and of course, hypertension. And when you go to your doctor, you should mention if um, you know for a fact that you snore, that you do snore, and you possibly should get I say possibly because I'm not a doctor, but as a healthcare provider and a nurse who's been in the business for over 26 years, you probably do need a sleep study. That's it's important for you to ask your primary care provider for some type of sleep study, which will help um, them identify whether or not you are not breathing while you're sleeping, and um. It will also um, help them uh, prescribe some sort of treatment that will help you with that. They have a machine that is called a CPAP machine, and it will um, help you um, once you stop breathing. It will cause the airway to open. Well, it will actually force air into your airway. And so um, sleep apnea or or obstructive sleep apnea is more common um, um, when the throat muscles relax and um, kind of close off that airway. And um, some some people have complete obstructive sleep apnea and some people have... um, uh, you know central and complex and so there's three different types um the the uh, central sleep apnea occurs when the brain doesn't send proper signal to the muscles that control the breathing and the complex kind is um it's actually um emergent central sleep apnea which occurs when someone has both obstructive and central Okay, and your doctor, um, once they um, know, they give you a questionnaire. And the questionnaire, it includes um, questions like, do you snore? Do you wake up in the middle of the night? Um, Do you have a headache in the morning? Do you have high blood pressure? Do you, um, if you sit down, will you find yourself going to sleep in less than a few minutes? Um, Do you have difficulty paying attention while you're awake are you irritable do you gasp for air when you're you know during your sleep or do you notice that you gasping for air or do you have episodes in which you stop breathing during your sleep which is reported by another person and so if you can answer any one of those questions loud snoring episodes in which you stop breathing that's reported by whoever's sleeping with you gasping for air during sleep And like I said, awakening with a dry mouth, morning headache, difficulty staying awake throughout the day, excessive daytime sleepiness, or difficulty paying attention while awake or irritability, you need to go see your doctor. You may um, have uh, sleep apnea and you may be able to get a CPAP machine, which your insurance will definitely pay for um, after your sleep study results. 
And so I want to talk to you guys about the sleep study in itself. Um, what happens is um, your doctor will send over a referral to the sleep clinic in your area or your city or town, which or wherever, and they will call you, of course, and make an appointment. Now, the appointment is an unusual appointment because it is done in your sleeping hours. So, um, like they here in in our local town, I'm just gonna tell you what they do here. Um, they call you, make your appointment. Like I have a CPAP machine, and my appointment was at like nine o'clock at night, and so you have to be there by eight o'clock because you want to be able to um, fill out the paperwork that is uh, mandated for their clinic appointment. So you get there, you fill out the paperwork, they ask you to bring what you need, everything you need to fall asleep like you would do as if you were, excuse me, at home. And so, um, of course, I brought pillows, my favorite pillows, (coughs) excuse me, and, um, and then I came in and got the paperwork done. Well, um... After that, they bring you back and they connect you to the the little wires throughout your scalp, your forehead, behind your ears, etc. They put oxygen on your nose or um, what appears to be um, oxygen cannula. And then they put um, these little... Um, connections to your mouth and nose so that they can monitor you and connect you to a machine and so then you just go to sleep there as you would at home once you wake up um they disconnect you and then you are sent home some clinics will disconnect you and have you wait in a different area and the doctor will read your studies right then well with me i actually um I actually um, went home and uh, got back in the bed and went to sleep for real. I mean, not for real, but, you know, for a few more hours because the study ends at like 5 o'clock in the morning. So you're actually, you're there from 9 p.m. at night till 5 a.m. in the morning here in our area with the people who do our studies, okay? So your study may be different. At any rate, that is what they call sleep study. These people, they stay up, they monitor you, they look at you, they check your waveforms and everything. Well, the next day they called me and wanted to discuss my sleep study. And it turned out that I stopped breathing six times an hour. And so that actually qualified me for a CPAP machine. And um, so they sent the results over to my doctor and my doctor wrote a prescription for the CPAP machine and I went back to a um, DME company which are the providers, a respiratory DME company, are the providers for oxygen and CPAP machines and picked it up. And then they have a respiratory therapist lady there that will uh, help you um, get acclimated to your machine and tell you what to do about it. But um, the the CPAP machine has to be worn at least four hours a night. And, um, you know, 
that actually is for insurance purposes but you need to wear it all night and I've been wearing it all night okay but um I wanted to just come by and kind of like talk to you guys about snoring and let you guys know that if you do snore that is not normal um I know we laugh a lot about it and we see a lot of uh uh, commercials and movies and TVs and I um um like you say older people in our family do it but it is not a normal um thing for your body to snore okay um recent advances in the, like the medical technology have improved on the CPAP machine they have uh like different settings that you could put it on like my machine is set kind of wide open because um I do have to go back with my machine and um, then they'll set set my machine and when I say set um I stop breathing six times an hour so um they'll do it again and then they'll adjust my machine for a set number and um right now it's just from five to twenty which means that Um, If I stop breathing five times, at least five times, or more than 20 times, then my machine will kick in accordingly. And so anyways, um, let's see, the device, it it really does help with obstructive sleep apnea. And um, it just helps you breathe more regularly at night, resulting, of course, in a better sleep and a deeper sleep. Um... In someone with obstructive sleep apnea, like I said, the airway is narrow or it does collapse during the sleep, causing the my oxygen or causing their oxygen level to fall. And I think, um, of course, you get hooked up on um, the O2 to a little thing on your finger to check your oxygen levels when you do your sleep study. And she said that mine dropped to 85 when I was asleep. And um, normal oxygen should be 92 to 100. And actually, 92 is on the low level, okay? So, you shouldn't be dropping under 92 while you're asleep. Um, So, at any rate, um, like I said, that did qualify me. If you snore, there is some um, resolve. And um, like I said, you can get a machine to help you um, with that and to help you get better rest and to clear um, your mind. Because if if your oxygen level is low, that means that no, your oxygen is not getting to your brain either, which may cause you to be sleepy throughout the day or foggy in your thinking. So um, the... um, the oxygen level that you know when your oxygen level falls like that it it really does trigger your like your brain to to awaken to reopen the airway and so it's not only disruptive to your sleep but it increases your body stress response which in turn raises your risk of developing high blood pressure heart attack and stroke and um, the CPAP works by blowing air into the throat via a mask and set, uh, just kind of 
you know, little increasing pressure in the throat and preventing the airway from narrowing, the uh, blowing, you know, air into the throat to keep your um, airway from narrowing. The machine um, itself, it's they used to be really big and bulky, but now they have some really small ones, and it it really does help. I have found that it has helped me with um, some um, daytime fatigue and improved focus and um, you know just in turn I'd like to know that it's lowering my risk for heart disease or any other medical conditions um let me see I um you know there's some you know they'll teach you how to take care of your machine and all that other stuff and so um basically I um I've I've been kind of busy because I've had some some medical issues that I've had to take care of and that sleep apnea was one of them and um I've had some hip bursitis which um, it's very, very painful. So maybe my next podcast will be about bursitis. You can have it anywhere. There's a bony joint. Um, and so, and then I've had a few family members um, with some health issues. So I've been away for a little while. However, I do really appreciate you guys stopping by to listen to me talk about snoring um, next time I'll write my podcast down so I can stay on, on, uh, you know, a task and have it flowing real nice. Like, you know, um, you'd probably like to listen to it, but at any rate, like I said before, I don't, um, try to be somebody else. I just want to bring you guys these health related topics so that you can do, um, what's best for you and um get better feel better do better and things like that so with that being said i want to let you get off i hope you guys have a happy thanksgiving and if somebody is in your presence and they are snoring and they haven't woken themselves up um maybe you want to jolt them a little bit because their oxygen levels are low and they are not getting the air into their airway like they need need to and try as best as you can to encourage them to go see a doctor and to get a sleep study and to get a CPAP machine to help them with their obstructive sleep apnea and um, so they can feel better I promise you they will feel better So at any rate, I'm signing off. I hope you guys have, like I said, a good holiday and a wonderful Black Friday. Thanks. Have a good evening. Take care.